all gas, no brake. We're going to be a special team, baby. We're going for the Super Bowl. The kid stepped up. The kid stepped up. Where's two? Waggy sauce, Gardner. Welcome, 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 welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Jets Way podcast. And as you can tell by the perkiness and unusual perkiness when we're in season of my voice, the Jets are fresh off of a week two victory. The Jets are 500 for the first time in the history of the Jets Way podcast. Jake, Sean, Lorenzo, on a victory Monday in, or not victory Monday, victory Tuesday night in September guys how does it feel I mean honestly I I feel better now that you said first time in, in Jets way podcast history that we're 500 I mean yep, it is that's a milestone right there but uh no no feeling good after after that win um how about you Sean I'd be feeling good first first September win in the history of the podcast too so feeling good and really just the, the first September contest that was close in the history of the podcast. We'd be getting blown out for the first three or four weeks of the season on a yearly basis. And it just feels so good that perhaps the season will be alive come Columbus Day this year and hopefully even longer. But uh, it's not just that the Jets won on Sunday, guys. It really was the overall net. That was truly not quitting, if that makes sense. And Robert Sala all week was talking about keeping receipts and how the team never quits. The team says they play for him. Guess what? The team plays for him, I guess, because they didn't quit. And I don't even think God himself thought the Jets had a prayer of winning that game with a minute and what, 33 seconds left, no timeouts, something absurd. And the Jets fell on an onside kick. I don't think that's been done in, in my lifetime as a fan. So a lot of craziness going down uh, all around the board. We we will get to all of it, but uh, just initial reactions. Give me your real big takeaway from this win uh, this this past week. Yeah, I mean, I I was just generally surprised, and I I was texting Jake, uh, you know, throughout the game, and I was like, "Do we have a chance?" <laughs> like after that, uh, well, quarter- I thought at halftime we did. <laughs> no, for sure, but I think like when we were down by fourteen. Um, and he threw the touchdown to to Corey Davis. I was just like, hold on. Like, this isn't, you know, typical Jets is, you know, three and four and out on that drive. And, you know, where it's a, it's another laugher. But um, for some reason, like scoring that touchdown really felt like something was going to happen that game. I don't know if that makes sense. No, I, I definitely had the same feeling. And it was 17-17 early in the fourth quarter, right? Yep. And then they scored those two touchdowns. Chubb decided to run it in and not not slide nice to game. But yeah, like same thing as Lorenzo. Like as soon as we threw that bomb to Corey Davis, it was like, okay, something's gonna happen here. And then Braden Mann, you know, he showed up, did what he was there to do, and we, we got the ball and you know, we won, obviously. Everybody knows that, but it was uh it was really fun. I don't know about you guys I had a blast. I was I was in a state of shock, but I was happy, obviously. I, I couldn't <laughs> believe what happened. And to be honest with you, we talk about same old Jets. You know what same old Jets would have been? Did anybody have this in the back of their mind when the Browns got the ball with 22 yep. seconds yep. left? Yep. I'm like, the first play, the, the guy's wide open. They're playing that nonsense, prevent defense. I go, here we go again. They're going to get in field goal range and win the game, aren't they, with 22 seconds left? 
But don't worry, the almighty Ashton Davis, the only snap he played on defense the whole day is a freaking interception. That interception made me want to see Ashton Davis for more plays and more action moving forward indefinitely until further notice because uh, LaMarcus Joyner, we'll get to the defense right now before I start. Uh, you know, there's more positives and negatives, but uh, I guess I'm the negative one here, so I'll start. Uh, this defense need better. That was just simply unacceptable football on Sunday. They did, a, they did a good job in the first half containing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The second half, the holes were gigantic. They were running through freaking graders, through the middle tackles, getting on the outside, shedding tacklers, beating one guy. I mean, the, the tackling was just terrible all day. And LaMarcus Joyner, please hang up the uniform. You can't tackle. You can't cover anybody. You can't do anything right. It's over. He should be cut now. He should have been cut last week as far as I'm concerned. He can't play anymore. I'm glad Salah finally listened and made Bryce Hall a healthy scratch. I called that one on Monday. I go, this guy can't play anymore. And a great job by Eccles coming in when Sauce got a rough day for Sauce too, by the way. But Eccles coming in, making plays. It looked like he gave the defense a little bit of a spark. And to be honest with you, I was getting to the point where I would have kept Eccles in the game the way he was playing. He, he was all over the ball. He was all over all these receivers. I get it. It sauces your first round pick and all, but Eccles looked really good uh, on Sunday. So uh, th- there's a lot to clean up, the tackling, the stupid penalties. Uh, another big takeaway. Who, who is this guy on special teams? Uh, Harris, Mark Marcel Harris with, with the punt. Yeah. What the hell are you doing? He should have been cut – as soon as that happened, he should have been sent to the locker room like Singletary did with uh, Vernon Davis back in the day. I would have told that. I mean, where's Salah getting in his face, too, when he did that? So there's a lot to clean up, but obviously there's a lot of good things, and I'm sure that the positive minds on, on the program will discuss, and uh, that that's kind of where I stand from a, a negativity standpoint. No, it's it's actually crazy. I actually agree with, like, pretty much everything you said. I think I think Sauce had an okay day. I think it was a little bit. I don't know if that touchdown was on him. I, I'm, I think that was more on, on Whitehead. It seemed like Sauce was playing the zone. A um, little miscommunication, and I guess Jordan Whitehead thought they were in man, but um, four receptions for 33 yards that he, he gave up. That's not terrible um, for your first, second game in the NFL. But, um, no, I, 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 I agree with the tackling was bad. The defense didn't really play um, the way it played in, in week one. So um, a lot of things to clean up. It, it's funny that you mentioned Ash, Ashton Davis, and I – that was like the best play I've seen him have in his NFL career. Like the way he read Jacoby Brissett's eyes um, for the interception was, was, was really good. So hopefully, I don't know, maybe that, maybe that sparks him up. Great, great play by Ashton Davis, but what a terrible throw for the situation from Brissett. But Hey, we're not complaining here. Us, as far as sauce, I did see he was uh, like charged with that one touchdown, but it did look like a miscommunication. Like it's not like he got beat man on man. So, Still, Sauce didn't, didn't have a terrible day. And Eccles, too, st- stepped up big, like Jake said. And I feel like, I don't know, it was either at the end of the third or early fourth where the announcers were kind of getting on uh, the Jets' defense, and then they had a big stop. And But obviously, they went on to score two touchdowns after that. But, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Bengals later on in the week, but this D-line should feast on them this, this game coming up. Yeah, and to be honest with you, this uh, we got bailed out by Joku's drop, too. We got to remember that as well. That was a big assist because I don't know how he dropped that ball. That was a first down, and um, who knows what could have happened here. But I'm not complaining at all. And some other stuff that I took away from the defense, 
I know Quentin Williams got hurt, but he, he's got to be more of a presence, man, on, on that defensive line. I think he's good to go. Salah said we came out of the game pretty unscathed, and so only C.J. Uzama is a game-time decision for Sunday against the Bengals. We'll see. I mean, Salah has lied to us before, so we'll really see on Friday when we get to the final injury report before Sunday. Um, so Qu- Quentin Williams, he has to be better when he's out there. And Carl Lawson, I was getting to a point where I didn't even know if he was back this year, but I'm glad he finally did something and made a sack. Uh, the Browns are doing a good job of getting rid of the ball, too. I think next week the Bengals' uh, off- offensive line is just getting Joe Burrow killed by the game, and I think the Bengals rely a lot on the deep balls down the field, and that obviously requires time in the pocket for the quarterback uh, because if the Jets do – if the Jets are not getting pressure to Joe Burrow, well, it's going to be a long day. Jamar Chase, he's <laughs> – the sauce isn't quite there yet, in my opinion, in the NFL. He might give him a, uh, a run for his money. So um, the defense, obviously, a lot needs to get better. The offense, who wants to start? There, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of good things to say about this offense from uh, Sunday. I mean, let's let's just start it off with, you know, Garrett Wilson. I mean, the guy the guy came up and played. We, we spoke about it last week and that, you know, he should be in the field pretty much every play and you know we saw that the talent that he has in the field I mean that's 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 evident right there um and I'm, I'm really excited to see what him and Elijah Moore can do together for you know for the rest of this year obviously and hopefully in the future I mean the entire offense had a much better day though the O-line played well Conklin you know he does he's still he's still having some issues but obviously Garrett Wilson had a great game we saw first career touchdown both running backs look good. Joe Flacco, I would say, has played 10 minutes of quality football. And hey, he 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 got it done when we need him to get it done. So I'm excited to see how this offense can keep growing. Yeah, and I was really impressed with Brees Hall. I think we started to see a couple of those runs where we go, okay, yes, that's the guy in the second round of the draft. That's the first running back taken. I think Brees Hall will only get better with experience. I think Michael Carter will obviously always have his defined role, but I think from a talent perspective and just the overall ability to hit big plays and hit your head on the goalpost at any given time, I think that is definitely with Brees Hall. I think the early down work will start going to Brees Hall, Michael Carter for passing situations and as a change of pace back where I think Michael Carter is best fit for, okay, about 15 touches a game, smaller body. He hasn't been able to really stay healthy. I think that's a role that he did in college quite well with Javante Williams at UNC. I think the Jets have a great thing going on in the backfield. The offensive line, a big shout-out to those guys. I mean, let, let's be fair here. George Fant was going early about 80% of the game. I don't know if you guys were really paying attention. He was getting he was getting a couple uh, ticks of a start on Miles Garrett. I mean, maybe the refs saw that, and they, they said, okay, well, it's Miles Garrett. So maybe we'll give Fant the benefit of the doubt there. But there were some bogus penalties on the offensive line. And, and let's start off with uh, that, that stupid holding penalty that had nothing to do with the play. Um, I, I think it was Michael Carter that had that 20 yard run or something like that. That was a terrible call. That was bogus, but I, I got to get on Connor McGovern here, McGovern here for a second. How, how are you downfield twice uh, illegally? It, is that like, what are you doing? I once, okay, whatever. They were both big plays too. That needs to be corrected. But um, from the offensive line standpoint, Elijah Vera Tucker, like I said last week, by far their best offensive lineman. It's not even close. ABT could be a pro bowler this year. Max Mitchell, as far as I'm concerned, he's the right tackle moving forward. Dwayne Brown, come back whenever, man. 
Mitchell's playing well, really. I mean, he did get smoked a little bit on uh, – did was that the one that Flacco fumbled? But that was Mitchell who got beat off the line of scrimmage? Yeah, he did. Honestly, that was a really good play by Clowney. Like, if if Flacco steps up in the pocket just a half a second, like, before that, you know, that's that's a big play right there. So, um, but, yeah, that was Second him on the game. Block. Yeah. Yeah, and especially that last play of the game where, where Garrett Wilson's game winner, you see him just stuff Miles Garrett like that off the edge. That, that's big-time football right there. And this guy is a fourth-round pick, rookie, second game, going up against Miles Garrett in crunch time and performing well. Dwayne Brown, collect that check, all right? I, I, I want to see Max – I re, seriously, I think Mac, Max Mitchell should be playing moving forward until he's – until proven otherwise, I mean, he should. And and how many how many times have we we've asked for you know Joe Douglas to to find one of these offensive linemen in you know the second and third days of the draft, and you know here it is. And another thing is the offensive line starting to play together too. It looks yeah. like they're starting to kind of get in a rhythm a little bit. Like Sean, you said it plenty of times. We had the same offensive line combination, I think, for uh, the second week in a row since maybe ever. <laughs> yeah, Mitchell. Uh... Jumped on that fumble, too, which was huge. Huge play. I I was really impressed with him. And Garrett Wilson. uh, I mean, listen, I was a little upset when we didn't trade for A.J. Brown the night of the draft. I was with – yeah, you were both there. I wasn't happy. A.J. Brown going for a first-round pick, not to us. Um, But tell you what, man, this this guy, Garrett Wilson – he, he gives you the vibes. He really does, though. He could maybe he could be this year's Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Uh, am I missing anybody? Yeah. Okay. So those two are really the big standout rookie receivers. Am I mi- no, I'm not missing anybody. I mean, this guy, St. Brown from the Lions. <laughs> yeah. OBJ had a good, good rookie year. Yeah. That was, that was a couple years before. OBJ and even Jalen Waddle. I mean, if he's Jalen Waddle from last year, I'll be happy because that, that guy also looks like a stud. But Garrett Wilson, um, yeah, he looks like the guy. And I, I'm not ready to just write off Elijah Moore like he's just this uh, Robin to Batman out of the offense. I think, you know, those are some tough matchups Elijah Moore had to go go through the last two weeks. Marlon Humphrey week one for most of the time. Denzel Ward last week for a lot of snaps. I think Elijah Moore, I think Zach Wilson will be more beneficial for Elijah Moore. I think Garrett Wilson – Gets open a little bit easier. Flacco probably has a little more trust in him. He can get up a little bit more. I think Zach Wilson and Elijah Moore were starting to come around a little bit at the end of last year. I think we saw it in that Eagles game especially. So I'm not ready to just write off Elijah Moore. I actually want to see Elijah Moore incorporated in the game plan a little bit more next week and moving forward. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And honestly, like if you look at the tape and I've seen like some videos on Twitter, like Elijah Moore is getting open. It's just – Garrett Wilson is also getting open. So, I mean, one guy, there's one, there's only one football. So, um, you know, I don't think it's a bad problem to have that we have, or at least we think we have two really, really good receivers. I, I think that's, you know, a good problem to have as well. Definitely not a bad problem to have. And Lorenzo has it right. Moore was open all day. I think on that first Garrett Wilson touchdown, that was like a design play to go right to Garrett, but Moore was open on that play too. And I also want to see some more Reese Hall. I mean, we all think that'll come in time, but hey, let's let's start getting him the ball more. Yeah, and honestly, I was starting to get sick when Garrett Wilson was hurt with that back injury. I'm just like, oh, here we go again. We'll see him in a month. Won't be as good. Typical Jets, but he came back, won us the game. And also, I'm glad that that drop didn't define the day for him because he had a great day, and then he dropped the ball. That was a bad drop. Oh, that was a bad one. 
I'm glad he got to redeem himself there. And Garrett Wilson really won the Jets that game in, in the second. I mean, really, the, the Jets do not win that game without Garrett Wilson. And it's only his second game, man. So the, it's just like we're not used to rookies playing good in the early stages of the year. We're used to just sitting here in December being like, oh, they showed us flashes. We'll see for next year. No, these guys and, and you know, the top 10 picks, man, this is what the rest of the league does. So it's nice to see that we're actually doing things that other teams do. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, this this entire draft class so far has played meaningful snaps if, if we think about it. Um, so, yeah, another, I guess, solid job by, by Joe Douglas thus far. Draft class is looking good, real good. And it's not it's not every day you see a rookie wide receiver have that kind of week, week two. But how about the special teams? I was just night, getting to that. Night and day from last <laughs> week. Oh, my goodness. From ever, from like the last two years. Yeah. Probably Brant Boyer's best game as, as, as a special teams coordinator. What, like four years now? It's got to be. <laughs> I mean, where do we start? The fake punt. I'm sitting here on that fourth and one. I'm like, are you really punting the ball again? I mean, and also that 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 uh that out of bounds call on Tyler Conk, give me a break. He was in bounds. Hey, everybody, I love the announcers are like, well, I think it was Gene Steratore or something like that. Well, there could be a blade of grass. <laughs> yeah, okay. You tell you're telling me that if uh you know the Chiefs were playing or the, the Patriots with Brady, or even without Brady, because Belichick's still there, were they or Josh Allen, who I mean, if you if if you never watched football before, I think you would think Josh Allen was the closest thing to God on <laughs> God's green earth when you watch these games on primetime. I mean, my God, you think that you think there'd be a blade of grass right there? Give me a break. That was a catch. Everybody else knew it. Gene Steratore was even about to say that guy is a freaking idiot. So and the fact that that wasn't a catch was just ridiculous. But I was upset they didn't maybe try to do something there. But also on that other fourth and one, I'm sitting here saying, is this guy Sala really punting? And then they called a fake punt that they actually executed. Braden Mann, Braden Mann heard all the hate. I mean, he had his best game of his life, punting rockets left and right, not shanking anything, fake punts, onside kicks. And yeah, Greg Zerloin, it might have looked like the worst kick ever from 57 yards. I don't know how that went in, but it did, 57 yards. It was a huge kick and making all the extra points, something that Cleveland couldn't do. It was it was a crazy day. It was a crazy game for sure. Um, I think Braden Mann had like what four punts inside the twenty or something like something crazy like that. I believe but like, <laughs> definitely best game of his life. Um, I wonder how many fantasy points he had on that throw. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and just another ridiculous call too that I just it just comes to my mind that that Michael Clemens roughing the passer. I mean, woo, woo, come on. That wasn't roughing the pay. There were so many oh. dumb penalties called. The only one that I think, okay, you know what? That's a penalty. Uh, not the only one. That's that guy Harris. It's still but the fact that that happened still bothers me. I mean, what what was he thinking there? Those things just can't happen, man. I mean, I'm glad we won the game, but like those are those are game killers right there. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I would like to think that, you know, after week one, maybe Sal go on the radio saying I'm keeping the receipts, riled the team up, you know, made them, made them think we just had to be better, especially the special teams. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but that deep field goal, I thought it got like blocked for a second. It just kept going it, it, it and he drilled weird, it. It yeah. took like a weird, it was like a like, knuckleball. Yeah. It was like going like, it didn't spin almost. Yeah. And it was like going sideways. I, it's just, <laughs> it went in and it looked, it like it, been, it looked like it would have been in from freaking 60. Greg the leg. 
right. Maybe he heard you say they used to be the best <laughs> kicker in the league. And decided to figure it out. But listen, man, I, I'm just so thrilled that, and obviously it's a shame because I actually did think he was pretty talented at one point, but uh, it's just, can you imagine when sauce went out, if we put Bryce Hall in the game, that him in two touchdowns right there. It's just Eccles came in, man. And he was like a freaking rocket was under his ass. It's just, uh, that really impressed me. It's just little things like that. Yeah, especially from a guy who I don't think he he's played this much, played as much this year. So like just being ready when his name is called, that's that's huge. Is yeah, that cool. He I'm was sorry, a starter. Like, he was a starter last year, so it's kind of big. We can even have guys like that that can come off the bench and make a stop like that. Yeah, and Salah actually alluded to that uh, when he was talking. He said, you know, he saw a lot of good ones last year. You know, he saw Diggs, Jamar Chase. All those guys, he he he's seen football before. It's not like he's never played before. So that those reps last year are definitely valuable for for him. I clearly they didn't do much for Price Hall coming into this year, but um, yeah, it's just there, there's a lot of good things. So really, for a refreshing change, we can come out of this game feeling like okay, we're on a path. And Salah, you want to keep receipts and you want to listen, keep every receipt that I've ever printed. I, there is nothing more than I, there's nothing more that I want than to be wrong. <laughs> it's just, I want to win in the worst way. I could look like the dumbest person on God's green earth and I wouldn't care. It's just, you just got to win and I'll be happy. Winning. I always say winning, winning cures all man. And Hey, I hope he keeps it. Like I said, I, like you said, I hope he keeps all the receipts, keep the guys fired up. I mean, this is this is a big game for us, you know. Two and one. Like, when was the last time we 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 said the New York Jets are two and one? That's sad, but like, yeah, no. When's the last time we won two games in a row? <laughs> like, <laughs> and yeah, that's just it hasn't happened. And we're we're gonna really break down the Bengals game tonight because we, we're only here for one day this week. Some scheduling conflicts kind of got in the way of things. Uh, we'll talk about the Bengals game on Sunday, but um, just before we get into all that, the one thing that I really like that Salah said, and what do I always tell you guys? Whenever we get on here and the Jets win a game and everybody's all fired up, what, what do I always say? You go out there and do it again next week. Yeah. It's just how many times have we seen it before in the past? They win these emotional games that they're not supposed to win. Everybody's doing a dance all week, patting themselves on the back and saying, oh, look at us. Look what we just did just to go out the next week completely flat. We saw it last year with Salah. They beat the Titans, that comeback win at home. What did they do? They don't get off the plane at London, lost to a terrible Falcons team last year, a game that we should have won. And we, hey, we could have had a competitive little start to the season if we would have won that game. Um, Salah said this week, we need to move on. That's it. We're ready for the Bengals now. I mean, other Jet coaches, they have, haven't done that. So that was refreshing to hear for me as somebody that's always been critical of the Jets, not just Salah, but other coaches as well, that it's time to move on and you didn't win anything. Yep. No, it's happened, I mean, countless times throughout our, our fandom. But um, no, that's a great point. Um, Salah said that. DJ Reed said that as well. So um, it's nice that, like, everybody's in the same page that, you know, the work isn't done. I love him, by the way, DJ Reed. Yeah, no, he, he's been really good. And and it's just on the coaching staff to show that they can turn the page to the next game and they show up on Sunday now. Yeah, so let's just look at the Bengals overall. I mean, 0-2, 0-2 in 
that offensive line we've alluded to before, but this game suddenly went from me saying before the season started, don't even get off the bus. No need to show up. There's no way the Jets are going to win this game. It's going to be a bloodbath. I got to be honest with you guys. I really think we're going to win this game on Sunday. I do. I mean, I said it before the season started. We always, we always somehow find a way to play really good against the Bengals. So I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with that. I mean, it's definitely they're not a they're not a you know walk in the park easy team. Um, their record obviously is reflective of the, of the talent on their team, but um, I don't know, man. There's something with the Jets right now. Hopefully, they can then show it on the field on Sunday. They're really not a bad matchup for us. Like we said, they got the weak old line. Our cornerbacks are much improved. We all know about the wide receivers, T. Higgins, Boyd, Chase. Like it's not going to be easy, but this is a very winnable game now. Yeah, and another thing that that really favors us. I don't think Cincinnati has the greatest defense in the world. I mean, we're, we're going to be seeing Eli Apple go up against Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore this week. That that's not going to be good. I mean, th- these dudes are going to be. It's not even. I get it. Flacco made some big time throws, and I'm glad we didn't even get into the whole. This is Zach Wilson's team, and he's ready to get back and play. Um, these dudes were wide open on Sunday. Joe Flacco could have threw for like 450 yards on Sunday. If you, I'm being serious. He left a lot of people wide open. How many times is Garrett Wilson wide open? He threw the ball over his head to the side in the dirt. And there was a lot of yards still on the table. So um, the, the Bengals corners, not even close to how good is uh, the Browns corners. So those dudes are going to get open and the Bengals outside of Trey Hendrickson, they don't really have much of a pass rush either. So I think our offensive line should be able to protect Flacco decent enough. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I honestly, in for this game, I think the the hardest test will be, um, you know, the cornerbacks against these wide receivers because I think our D line matches up well against their O line. Um, I think our offense should not have a problem, you know, generating offense, generating yards, and um, putting points in the board. So, um, you know, if our cornerbacks can can do their their job or at least you know maintain um, contain, excuse me, um, those three wide receivers. Um, that'll give our D-line some more time to, to get to the quarterback. This is going to be one of those games where we'll know how it's going to go in like the first quarter. If this if this defense can really get to Joe Burrow and slow down their receivers. Yeah, if, if I'm Jeff Ulbrich, Robert Sala, I'm sending the freaking kitchen sink at Joe Burrow. I'm hitting him. I'm knocking him down at every single moment I can. I'm roughing up. Obviously, I'm not saying injure the guy or anything like that, but I'm making him feel uncomfortable back there. I'm making him get rid of the ball quicker. That leads to errant throws and some potential interceptions. I'm trusting Sauce Gardner. I'm trusting DJ Reed, Michael Carter II, throw Brandon Eccles in there as well. I trust those guys to go man-to-man. And I think if we call blitzes and dial it up with the pass rush and defensive line that we have, I think we're going to get home to Joe Burrow. We might not sack him all the time, but I think we're going to be disruptive enough. And and another shout-out to another guy on defense that I really like. Quan Alexander, he is all over the field. That guy's like a heat-seeking missile out there. That guy is fast, man. I don't know how fast he is, truly, but that guy plays a lot faster than whatever his 40 time is. I can tell you that much. That guy was a huge addition to that defense. I mean, really, where would we be? Where would our linebackers be without him, in my opinion? I think he was such a massive, massive improvement from what we had after C.J. Mosley, who, by the way, I mean, C.J. Mosley, I, I don't even know how much better he is than Quan Alexander. I'm seeing Jacoby Brissett break his ankles out there in the open field. I mean, Mosley did make that one nice tackle at the, at the end of the game, but um, Mosley doesn't look great, but Alexander has been excellent for the Jets. So um, I, I really, really like our chances, man. And if Mike LaFleur can call plays the way he did 
finally getting Jeff Braxton Barrios. Welcome back to the offensive game plan. Some nice end arounds, jet sweeps, screen passes. Get the ball in Elijah Moore's hands, Garrett Wilson's hands. We don't need to, you know, dial up these three-step drops that we need five, six seconds of protection. Get it out of Flacco's hands. Get it in these guys' hands. And like we did last year, that game plan that we had for Mike White last year against the Bengals, take it out of the archives. Let's install it again with some minor tweaks. Yeah, no, that's that's a good point. Honestly, man, you, you named off a couple of our, our offensive players. I think, like, that just shows, like, Man, if we if if I think we could really put up some points um, against his defense, I really do. And you know, if the defense, you know, does their job, like you said, we I think we have a chance. They really are a good matchup for us. So I'm really interested to see it, how this team comes out on Sunday. And who would have thought the Bengals would be zero two heading into the Jets game, where it's all of a sudden and like they're probably a little worried right now. Like we're flying to New York to play a team that just came off a big win. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the pressure's on the Bengals this week. Yeah. I really do. I think all the pressure almost is. And I think Salah is telling his guys that. And let me tell you something, man. Off of a big win last week, that MetLife crowd is going to be – I was there opening day, man. Those fans wanted to win. Those fans brought their A game. And off of a big win last week on the road, one and one, it looks like the Jets – for right now, the Jets have a season, and they're playing for something for the first time in a long time. In a long time. Those fans are going to bring it. They are. And – they know what's at stake here, and they know what's ahead of them. And if the Jets can win this game and move to two and one, man, who knows what we could be talking about in the future? I'm, I'm being serious, and this is a winnable game, bro. I, I I don't want to hear the excuses about the talent or or playing with the backup quarterback and Joe Flacco. This is a game that I think the Jets could and should honestly win, bro. It's just like I, I don't think the Bengals, and I get it, they went to the Super Bowl last year, but they're not like. Bro, let's be honest here. Did they really – did anybody in the world think that they would go to the Super Bowl last year? They didn't expect to go there. It wasn't like the Bills who lost in the Super Bowl that were playing on Sunday. I mean, it, it, that was a team that got there with a little bit of luck, which every team that either wins or goes to a Super Bowl, let's just face it, has that we never do have apparently. So um, I, I don't think the Bengals are like this uh, – yeah, they're probably a little bit more talented than the Jets, but are, are they really that much more talented than the Jets? Uh, seriously, on paper? I mean, listen, they just lost to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys. So backup quarterback that 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 just goes to show you that, you know, listen, they're a talented team. They have talented you know, players, but they are a beatable team. Um, we're at home. I think the matchup, like Sean has mentioned, we have a lot of good matchups on, on, in this game. You know, the crowd's going to be active. The black uniforms will be on. Let's let's get a win. They're wearing black Sunday. They are wearing black. Nick Mangold retirement. Uh, uh, Ring of Honor. Oh, that's going to kill me that I'm not there for that. That's hey, going to kill me. Give me two and one heading to Pittsburgh with Zach Wilson coming back. Just give me it. We think Zach Wilson's coming back. Hopefully, yeah. That's what I'm I'm, I'm going to put that into the universe now. Two and one, Zach's coming back. We're on the bus to Pittsburgh. Everybody's happy. And, and just before I get into that, uh, a guy we need to look out for on that Bengals defense because he is a playmaker wherever he is. Jesse Bates, the safety. That it is imperative to know where he is and he can fool you and he can get his hands on an interception. If you've, you know, you get fooled if you're Joe Flacco and Flacco hasn't been taking a ton of chances to be honest with you either. I think, and that's fine. I don't need him taking chances <laughs> either. So whatever he's what the game plan from last week, game plan against last year, against the Bengals, we need to do a lot of that. It just get it, out, get it out in the flat, 
get it in space, make these guys miss, make it, these guys can just let them do all the work. I want it to be very Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan action, San Francisco. We come from the coaching tree. It's got to be that. It's got to be a lot of runs. A lot. Unfortunately, we can't really move the pocket a whole lot at this current moment in time with <laughs> Joe Flacco, but eventually we will. Um, but it, it, the game plan should be very, very vanilla if you're Mike LaFleur. And also the trickery as well. I, I didn't see a ton of that last week. Like I want to see some, I want to see some Michael Carter throwing a pass. I, we don't have Jamison Crowder anymore for that. That kind of seemed like his forte. And good for Crowder finally playing on a good team. And even though I can't stand them, the Buffalo Bills. Um, but uh, just, just Sean, you brought up Zach Wilson potentially coming back soon. It's just like, it just feels like the sky's the limit with this offense with a quarterback that can just move outside the pocket, create plays with his legs, extend plays. And it just seems like Zach can make almost everybody better on this offense. And that's really exciting for us as fans. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think we've talked about it before. Like he doesn't have to be at least this year, you know, a top 10 top five quarterback, just, you know, don't make any bad decisions and bad throws and, you know, let, let your playmakers do the, do their work and, you know, be can put up points. Yeah. The offense could really take off with, with Zach, you know, behind center and stuff. So I'm just very curious to see how that'll work. And, you know, if Flacco can win some games, I'll see Zach can do that and more. Yeah, man, it really is exciting. Uh, there, There's a lot of things to be happy about with this football team. We alluded to, the defense has to do better. There's no doubt about it. They have good talent on the defense. We can't blame talent being the issue. They need to do a lot of things better. Hopefully that they will. But on offense, it just feels very refreshing for a change to have an offense that is looking this good. And to have an offensive line, we can sit here and say with a straight face, well, they're really growing together. Really, the, the offensive line is, is coming together. It was, not a, it was not a great start against the Baltimore Ravens. But hey, maybe, maybe Sean, you were right that they just needed some time to gel and get used to each other on the offensive line. This is the line until further notice. I don't want to see any changes. I don't care how healthy Dwayne Brown is. This is the way to go. We have these young playmakers and we're looking this good with the backup quarterback. It's just, we've never experienced this before as Jet fans. Truly, we, we never have. No, that's a great point. And I mean, hopefully it's, you know, we can, Showed on the field. I mean, you know, we talk about the talent, the roster, and you know everything like that. But you know, we could have easily been zero and two right now. We just got to put it on the field for a full for a full sixty minutes. It's been a long time since we had this much talent, let alone young talent. So I'm just very excited to see how much better this team can get. One one last note on the Bengals must contain Joe Mixon as well. If he gets going on the ground, that opens up their playbook a lot. You have to respect the play action. It, the Jets have to tackle better than they did on Sunday. That was unacceptable against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The Jets must contain Joe Mixon. That really gets things going. And the Jets contained him well last year at MetLife Stadium. Also, he wasn't going anywhere all day. I believe he also got hurt in that game as well. But um, the memory is a little bit fogged from last year and uh, the whole Mike White experience. But, guys, I, I'm really excited for Sunday. I, I am. I really think the Jets have a chance to win this game. Uh, and you guys know – Honesty is our best suit here. The, you know, we don't just say that too often. And um, I'm really excited. I really hope that they, they come out and win this game. I'm going to be disappointed if they don't win this game. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Yeah, I think I'm, I definitely agree with that. You know, let's 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 start winning for a change and let's start putting it all on the field. I'm excited as well. At the very minimum, you're at home. You, you just came off a win. You cannot 
lose this game in embarrassing fashion. You have to be be competitive. I'm tired of saying competitive because we want wins, obviously, but do not get embarrassed on Sunday and let's hope for that win, man. Yep, and we'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a big Jets victory, hopefully starting 2-1. and one. If not, we talk about it anyway. It's the beauty <laughs> of this program. Guys, pleasure. We'll talk next week. And as always, go Jets. Go Jets.